Hello everybody, I'm your host Patrick, and welcome back to another episode of Not Adding Up. And they're laughing at me because... <laughs> I was trying to like spice up the intro and it didn't work. I didn't know what to say. But spoiler, we did a double feature. I'm recording two episodes back to back. So the co-hosts. Hello again. Back. Are back. We have Johnny and Abby cracking and making noise. (laughs) (laughs) So I hope you guys enjoyed the Solved with a Grain of Salt episode. And if you haven't listened, go and listen to it. It's not my typical case. Was it? Wasn't it? It was a little different than that. Was crazy. Different. And it makes frustrating still, but different. Angry. Cause it it solved, but you're still mad because something's not right. Still questions. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of questions in this case. In this case, is the disappearance of Justin Bergwinkle. Bird or Berg? Berg. Bergwinkle. Bergwinkle. Okay. This case is just a little under 30 years old, so background information was limited, and it will probably be a little shorter than my typical cases, but I found it baffling, so I really had to share. Justin joined the army in 1990 when he was 18 years old. Justin had aspirations to join an elite combat unit of the military, known as the Rangers. I said army, he joined the military. He had aspirations to join the elite combat unit, the rangers, and he was in training to do so. And he was, he did really, really well on his written tests. And it said that he specialized in language training. Hmm. Impressive. So yeah, he was definitely doing the damn thing. However, when he was reprimanded for shoplifting, he was removed from ranger training and placed in the kitchen on cook duty. Oh wow, so he definitely got deranked. This was known to be a huge morale killer for Justin. However, after a while, it seemed like he adjusted to his new position and got his eyes set back on the prize, which was the Rangers. He knew it would take more work and dedication now than before, but his colleagues said it seemed like he was willing to put the work in and just like get it, get it done. Like it seemed like he was like, okay, this sucks, but like I can still do this. Like it's yeah. still obtainable. Learn from my mistakes. Let's do this shit. Mm-hmm. His first three years in the military, Justin would be stationed at Fort Ord, located in Monterey, California. While he was stationed there, he met his girlfriend, Yolanda. Her name is spelled with an I, but in the documentary it was pronounced Yolanda, so I'm going to say Yolanda, who was a computer science major going to school in Santa Clara, California, over 80 miles from Justin, but the two made it work. He began dating Yolanda in August of 1992. And while the relationship started normal, Yolanda began noticing some strange behavior. And like this, this case is going to go from like zero to like 500 in like two seconds and then it's over. So like just buckle up, but this is when it starts to get weird. The two would be in the middle of hanging out and he would suddenly say he would have to leave and return to Fort Ord. Every time she would ask why, he would tell her it's better for her not to know. Like you just don't need to know, like, and not like cheating on you, you would be in danger if you knew. Wait, this was like at a certain time or this was just like something that was reoccurring? Reoccurring. Just at any random point. 
the relationship. Was it like after a phone call? It was a reoccurring thing that would happen. But no specific time, not after a phone call and text. How long were they dated? It was 1993. So, no. Me again. How long did they started dating in 19, in August of 92? But like, it was like shortly after they started dating. That uh, she started noticing strange behavior. So he was like, "Gotta go back home." And she would not. He would not give a reason know why. why. Mm-hmm. And it would be like in the middle of something. Like, damn! Like if you're like watching a movie, you're like in the middle of cooking or something like that. Really? Yeah, it would That's be like really weird. Yeah, it would be like random. I mean, those specific instances weren't given, but she said like we would be in the middle of doing something, and he would just pick up and leave. Like watching a movie. Gotta go. In February of 1993. Justin was transferred to Fort Lewis in Washington. Yolanda said this was the tipping point. This was a tipping point of sorts for Justin. She mentions that Justin would always be carrying around a briefcase, and he would never reveal to her what it was for. The only time she saw him doing anything with the briefcase, it was when he was taking pieces of paper out of it and ripping them with his hands. Just like hand treading it. Mm-hmm. I would be mad if my boyfriend didn't tell me what was inside that briefcase or why he's leaving. Yeah. It does seem interesting that she like she went along with it for so long. Yeah, no. I would not. That would not fly. Not long after the briefcase became like an apparent thing, Yolanda would find Justin sitting in the living room sobbing. She would of course ask him what was wrong but got the typical response that she always did. You don't need to know, like, it's it's not safe for you to know, basically. You shouldn't know, blah, 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 what? just keeping it under wraps. So it, clearly it's getting out of hand, whatever he's dealing with. And he, she, he's still not reaching out. But at this time he was just the cook, right? Mm-hmm. Supposedly. It wasn't until Justin was out one evening with his friends that the situation would climax. Yolanda was home alone at the time and received a call for Justin. It was a man's voice telling her, the mission is off. She asked what he was talking about, and he just said to tell Justin, and he will know. Justin got home, and she would give him this news, and shit hit the fan. Justin would begin exclaiming, damn it, repeatedly, and storming around the apartment. Yolanda told him to calm down, and they would talk about it, and she could help. His response to this was, you don't want to know. And it is clear that whatever he was dealing with was very, very serious. Or this was a very, very elaborate ruse. He would leave Santa Clara and rush back to Fort Lewis, but didn't have plans on reporting for duty. Instead, Justin purchased two handguns and over a hundred rounds of ammunition. He would fail to show up for his next 4.30 kitchen duty and was reported AWOL. Justin, however, showed little interest in going into hiding. He went straight back to Yolanda's house, where she was like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you need to call, at least call your parents. Like, at least call your parents and tell them that you're okay, and you're not, like, missing, and you're not just abandoning and, like, going, like, off the grid, abandoning your military position. And he did call his parents, and they basically did the same thing except for asking him to call the base. Like, you need to at least call them and tell them that you're okay and you're going to come back. Because he was like, I'm just taking care of a few things, but I'm going to come back. 
it's not a big deal. I'll be back soon. I'm not going AWOL. It's okay. You can't just do that in the military, though. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. Rather than reporting back, Justin would make multiple trips back and forth between Fort Ord and Santa Clara. Fort Ord was his old Navy base. Or Navy base. Military base. 80-something miles. I, t- I said that that's... I know, but... That's Fort really Lewis was in Washington, so farther away. And he just kept making trips back and forth for me. Instead of reporting back to military duty. Yolanda began losing her patience, and in an argument where she was once again prying for information, he told her to just watch the movie White Sands, and it will explain everything. Has anybody ever seen that movie? No. No. I know, I wish I had known. He would also tell his parents the same thing, and this was the only clue Justin ever gave anybody. I'll read you a little summary. A small, southwestern town sheriff finds a body in the desert with a suitcase and $500,000. He impersonates the man and stumbles into an FBI investigation. So the film would involve the FBI and the CIA with a big international arms smuggling campaign. To be smuggling arms. Is what he, that's what this hint is hinting at. That makes sense. Or working with the FBI, because that's what Yolanda thought. This would, That's what led her to believe that she was working. He was working with the FBI or maybe the CIA or something and couldn't tell her. Because I know they can't tell their family a lot of stuff. That's why I was like, he's still like, in the kitchen at that point. Like, but he's has this briefcase and papers and where else would that be from? I don't know. That's just very rings about like raises flags at him. On June twelfth, around ten AM, Justin would leave Yolanda's apartment, heading for Fort Ord. Mind you, this is not where he was stationed. He's still at least. Still not gone. But he's still active? He's still having distraction? How long was this since he first started leaving? It's not very clear. Well, it seems like it would, it's been like a week or two. Like, like come on. I think it was. Discharging an arrest? I think it was a couple of days. Yeah, okay. I think it was a couple of days. But there's not very many dates. There's not very many sources. There's not quite much on this. A lot of it comes from an Unsolved Mysteries episode from like the 90s. Like, there's like nothing. Okay. And I had to dig for it. It, it was a short episode. It wasn't on anything like no Hulu, no Netflix. Mm-hmm. So after leaving around 10 a.m. on June 12th, Justin was never seen again. And he was supposedly going to. He was Santa traveling Clara. back and forth to Fort Ord and Santa Clara a bunch. But at 10 a.m. that day, where was he headed to? Fort Ord. From Santa Clara. That was where her apartment was. But he was stationed in Washington. He got switched from Lewis to from Fort Ord to Lewis in '93. That's it. That's all we got. His parents would try to enlist the help of police, but little was done. There was little to no movement in the case for nearly three months. That is until his car was found, with his belongings locked inside, at a beachfront motel near Monterey. He had never been a guest at this motel. His briefcase was, or his suitcase? His handguns were not in the vehicle, but in the trunk was his briefcase with his car keys, wallet, credit cards, military ID, and dog tags. Everything. Finding the dog tags reminded Yolanda of a time with the two were talking, and he asked her if she knew what they were. She had an idea, but she was like, yeah, tell me. And he told her that if she ever found them abandoned somewhere, that means he is dead. What? This is the last event in Justin's case. And almost 30 years later, we are just left to theorize. That's crazy. So yeah, that's what I mean, that like, 16 minutes like this is not a long 
episode. Not long case. And there's like, there's no theories either. There's no like, most web, most cases have like articles like summarizing the, the main theories and stuff like that. But I found a Reddit post that was really cool and seemed very like, I don't know, it seemed like insightful mm -hmm. and I have it linked to my sources. But the person who posted the Reddit post was a veteran and he was fascinated with the case. He was clear in the fact that if it was the military, the phone call would have never happened. This is a quote from the post. There is not a chance in hell it was the army or the CIA or anything like that who called his girlfriend and said the mission's off. The military does not work like that. We could have had Russian troops invading the US and they still wouldn't have done that. I thought about that too, because, and also the fact that uh, they answered to her when she said, what's going on? And she, they were like, just, just tell him. They would have hung up right away if they heard her voice or someone, you know. They yeah, I feel just, like they wouldn't have said anything to They somebody. would have just been like, oh shit, this is not him. This is not Justin. Hangs up. Not, okay, just pass the message along. Commission's off. That's, that's something important. <laughs> Obviously. Or it kind of makes it seem like it's a ruse. Yeah. Like he's trying to make this elaborate cover-up to make him seem like... Maybe like... To disappear. Theory the same blog post suggests is the possibility that he was a low-level smuggler stealing guns off the army base and selling them to the international market. That, that does make some sense. Yeah, we have the connection. traveling. We have connections to, yeah, traveling, connections to the movie, connections to the shoplifting incident. So he obviously had some... He was acting like he was um, involved in something dangerous. Yeah, he went to the girlfriend, not a... And they were dating for almost... Not that long. Yeah, like six months. Yeah, but... But I... I feel like you would get to know someone a little more by the end, of course. But, I mean, you never know. Another theory is suicide. His family doesn't see this as very likely because he was very close with his mom, his girlfriend. Like, it just seemed relatively happy. But, and we have no body in this case, but... A lot of people pointed, well, it was pointed to the fact that, like, he could have been, he, he could have done something in the ocean. Well, I don't like how he's told her, if you find these dog tags, like, I'm dead. That also, like, kind of makes it seem like a new identity, though. Like, it is this whole big elaborate... And everything was just, like, in the backseat, like, or I mean, in the trunk. It's an elaborate, like, scheme to make it look like something more happened than it did. That's what I, I think. It's either a big ruse to escape his death so he didn't have to fucking go back to the military and do all of that shit. Or he was an arms dealer and then he went to the motel to meet up with them. Left all of his stuff in his car except for his guns in case he needed them and still ended up getting fucked up. So you're saying like a deal went wrong? Like okay. something. Whatever happened. But the car was found like months later. They weren't looking for it, I guess, so like it could, I, I don't know about that. And he had, he didn't even go huh? to the motel. Think the car was dumped there? Yeah, either by him, I think he abandoned the car there, or it was dumped Oh yeah, there. but he had never checked in the motel. No, he was never a guest there. Which makes it weird. <laughs> That's why I think maybe he just would have met somebody there. In the parking lot? That is... To do an arms deal? Yeah, if it's a small arms deal, it didn't take mine. I don't know about yeah. that. I feel like that kind of stuff goes on. I'm leaning like, towards if it's, he did it himself. He drove there. But what car did he get away in? Or how did he leave? If he was involved with like some sort of international thing, like he could have had connections and like fled the country. 
like left everything behind. That was like of his own identity there. That's pretty. And it was like if you ever see my my dog tag laying around. Like it's weird he pointed that just out. Know like that I'm dead. And there they were. Mound laying around. Abandoned. Not even just like an accident or disappeared. Dead. Like he was waiting on but like he knew he was going to die, so he laid them out to be found with everything else. It just seems like, why would he plan to do this? Unless, unless he wasn't, I guess, unless he wasn't involved with something very illegal and shady, because like, his behavior began to get weirder and weirder and weirder, so something was causing that, you know what I mean? Like he was in the military. Like there's some stressful something yeah, going on. Yeah, something extra. Like, he was in the military and he seemed like he was doing fine. And then, boom. I wonder if his co-workers thought anything was weird. I don't know. They were they the ones that were that like, but he seemed like he was adjusting to the cook duty. Like at first, you could tell yeah. he was depressed, but mm-hmm. then he was like, "Okay, I'm gonna get this shit done and be a ranger." But he wasn't messing with the briefcase at work. It didn't say. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't if he had done something in the military? Here's one of my spitball ideas. He did shoplift dirty. No, I mean, like, what if he had um, done something else to try and like gain position back? And it didn't work out, and that person just used it as blackmail for against mm-hmm. him. And they were like, "Hey, you Maybe they do what we want," and that's what he was doing each time he left. And that's why he wanted to get away so bad and beat his death and just go. That's pretty good, Johnny. Like, I don't know about like, I don't know about necessarily if he was trying to. Or it could have been them too. Just, just blackmail in general, like blackmail in the military. Mm, I don't like. This is giving me chills. I don't like when they said missions over. Missions off. off. Yeah. But that also seems like it's straight out of a movie. It seems too... That's like... Like, what person? That's like, like any in a kind movie. of serious situation. Who would say that to her? The, yeah. Who would say that to somebody who you don't even really know? And did they call when she was home alone? She answered that the person would have known if Justin was there. Like, they never called the home before? Like, it was never that phone call that made him go before? So it's just, it's just very suspicious. What? Thing. She, it was never like a phone call that oh had him I don't know if it was never a phone call but she never mentioned that yeah she that wasn't reported like it was that one time yeah um, yeah so how they but also like if you're doing I mean maybe he's a very professional organized criminal but what why does he have so many papers to rip up like unless it was like maybe it was show too hmm. maybe it's it part of the act but like the ripping up the papers like if you're doing like arms dealers, okay, let's sign a little contract. Maybe it's just like, like what are these papers? I mean, like, it could be anything. It could have been. Like, it could be anything that has to do with anything. Like maybe like papers for his guns. I don't know. It could be like names of people and shit like that. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Like, it just seems shading all of it. Um, did he lived with her? No. So That's why, why did they call her him. house? Because he would he would travel back and forth. See, never, also, whenever he wasn't at the military, whenever he wasn't at the base, he was with her. Yeah, no, no. The CIA, the FBI, whatever, they wouldn't say that to a random girl on the phone. I, I don't think it's foul play. I don't think it's suicide. I mean, I think there's a big potential for foul play. Okay, yeah, I'm leaning towards just because the way that everything was so like neat in the back and like of the car, no. There was no like check-in at the hotel. It all points to like the the planning his disappearance. Planning his disappearance. Yeah, it was close. It was a beachfront motel. For or so his body it's... could be disposed. For or... <laughs> I told you guys where it was. So yeah, it's Monterey Bay. That's what it's called. So yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right that his body could be disposed in the water. Yeah, I didn't know it was. 
that closed dang. I'm sure the police swept the car for any... I don't think so. I don't know. This was like early 90s. Yeah. And they weren't very interested in looking into the case from the beginning. But I don't... So this is a public motel league. If it did go wrong... <laughs> if it did go wrong, people would see it probably and it was in the daytime. I don't think that there was a deal going on outside at a motel. I don't think that that's... <laughs> I don't think we should be giving any weight to that because if it's an international, like, underground... Then what is your potential for foul play? I think it, I think he could have been involved in something like that, but I don't think the motel is a location where a deal was going to happen. I think it's way too obvious. And his car keys were in his trunk. Because if he was with an international group, everything that was his old name had to be left behind. No, I'm, I'm just trying to make sure. I'm like, I just want to make sure his car keys were in his trunk. Yeah, I think they were locked in there, so maybe he, I don't know. So I'm like, if his car keys were locked in his trunk, and he did that, and the car was locked. This was reported, but like, I don't know. So, no, he. If he put the car there, is, he definitely probably just fled the country or somebody dropped the car there. Which is very just weird to me that they put all that stuff in. Yeah, you'd think they would just take it out, like, yeah, he, take he, everything. He can't be in the same country because he has nothing to use. Like, no money, no anything. No but identity. Maybe everything. Or, I mean, yeah, maybe he's maybe not he got a new country. identity. Maybe he's just, just a different identity. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I've seen people. People can do that. It's pretty easy, like from <laughs> the cases I've seen. Like, he's in that kind of business. He probably knows the right people. Yeah. But yeah, that I mean. It's just there's nothing to go on. Like, that's all the information that we have. There really was very minimal information, and all the articles said like exactly the same thing. So there really wasn't much to put together, other than a few articles and an unsolved mystery episode from like the '90s, but. Yeah. I definitely wanted to talk about this case because I thought it was really crazy. And I have never heard of it before, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. And he's still actively missing, so... Wow. And he wasn't declared dead? No. I think that the reason it happened... Why did they do that so fast in one case? It was seven years and he was 65 years old. What the fuck? Under the Charlie Project, I was trying to look up a number, and the investigation agency is the Clinton, Massachusetts Police Department. What? Which makes other side of the country. It's weird. Hmm. I don't know. I don't think that number is updated, and I don't know why it would be in Massachusetts either. So I'm not going to put that in. But I'll have the link to the Charlie Project and all the links to the sources on Justin in my description, as always. Sorry this case wasn't very long, but like I said, there really wasn't much to, much to dig into this time. Thank you, Abby and Johnny, for coming on for a little double feature. We recorded episodes back-to-back, -back, so I know it was a little long. I'm glad we got to... I'm, I like hearing all the new cases Patrick brings, because I, you know, I always see the same ones over. And I like the unique ones that no one really covers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely like the ones that make you think. Yeah. The one, like, these, as frustrating as ones like this are, they're, I like, I like the fact it that. It just leaves just, you wondering. Yeah. Yeah. It's sad, but definitely leaves you wondering. Mm -hmm. This is definitely one where I want to know your theories. Like, I say that every episode, but this is insane. So let me know what you think on my socials. You can find me on Instagram at podcast, N-A-U. 
That is at podcast NAU. And you can find me on TikTok and Facebook by looking up Not Adding Up. I release new episodes every Friday, so make sure to subscribe on all streaming platforms. Well, subscribe on the one that you listen to. You don't have to subscribe to me on all of them, I guess. Them all. <laughs> and stay up to date with all things Not Adding Up. I hope you all have a great morning, afternoon, or evening, whenever it is you are listening to this. And I hope you tune in again next Friday for another case that just does not add up. Mm-hmm.